Welcome to the Melbourne Business School podcast series. I'm Jan Marshall. With me today is Ushuel Kayende, Professor of Marketing and Director for the Centre for Business Analytics here at Melbourne Business School. Ushuel joined MBS in 2013 and established the Centre for Business Analytics in 2014. He teaches marketing strategy and analytics on the MBA, Master of Business Analytics and Executive Education programs. Ushuel is talking today about business analytics and how we can make it work for us in business. To start us off, Ushuel, can you tell us about your background? Thank you very much, Anne. It's, been a, it's a real pleasure to be here. I have a background in uh, mathematics and electronics, so that, that was my undergraduate degree, so I already had an inclination towards the more quantitative areas, but then I quickly discovered that uh, it, it, it wasn't the area that was going to get me uh, the kinds of jobs I was looking for, so I went and did an MBA and focused in on marketing and uh, then worked as a, as a product manager and, and quite enjoyed that. But at the back of my mind, I was still very excited about using uh, my quantitative skills. And so uh, I started thinking about what I could do next. And, and that's when I decided to do a PhD with a focus on quantitative marketing, which is exactly how I got into this field. There's enormous demand for, uh, for what I offer in terms of uh, you know, the learning that students can take away. Um, and it's a super, it's it's an incredibly exciting time for me to be alive and doing what I do. So uh, it's a real pleasure to speak about these things today. So can you tell us, does analytics really help organisations perform better, or is this just another passing fad that we're seeing? It's a great question, uh, and in fact, uh, you know, it's 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 great that you asked this question because when we started our journey uh, four years ago, these were the questions that we were asked as well. You know, are you just uh, piggybacking off of some fad and, and is this going to end pretty soon and so why should we invest in these things? Um, uh, but look, I think, I think data are here to stay. The value that they add uh, to organizations is, is very real. And in fact, there's been a few studies done by some uh, colleagues of mine that I work with uh, over in the United States. These studies are global and um, what they've found is that analytics uh, certainly helps organizations perform better and they've looked at both the impact on on accounting performance which is uh, which is profitability but also on stock market uh, performance so these organizations actually also are um, uh, are delivering better returns to their investors um, but it's not it's not a straightforward story uh, you know it's not every organization that does this and and in fact many organizations have invested in analytics as if it is a fad without understanding what it is that they need to do to be able to leverage those investments. And, um, you know, I'd love to be able to talk about those things. So tell me a bit about what, how they might really leverage those investments. What would that look like? What are some of the outcomes they might expect to see if it's done well? You touched on some of that better performance in the stock market, but if we could drill into that. So the first thing that any organization should consider before throwing money at analytics is uh, is whether the top leadership of that organization is completely on board with respect to what analytics can do for the organization. So if it is it is viewed, if it is viewed, sorry, if it is viewed by the organization as this is an investment into IT, and let's just let the IT guys run with it. Um, 
you know, it could be successful, but that could be just because they were lucky. If you want to be strategic about this, then, then you wouldn't just throw money at, at, at IT and say, can you please build us some systems that can collect the data and, and look at the data. You would be thinking about it strategically at the senior executive leadership level by saying, what is it that data can do for our firm? And in fact, these studies that I was talking about earlier um, show exactly that, which is that when there is executive leadership support and understanding of what analytics can do for the organization in a strategic sense, the benefits that those organizations get uh, far exceed the average. And in fact, where there isn't support, and that's the most in interesting thing, where there isn't support from top leadership, and by support I mean it's just viewed as the CTO goes and does stuff as opposed to you know, the organization as a whole is invested in this. Uh, those investments in analytics actually generate negative returns, which is, which is a very interesting thing. So in fact, it's, it's as my colleague Gary Lillian talks about this, and he's the one who actually did the studies, uh, he talks about you know, ha having their heads in the sand, and which is what some organizational leaders have. They're not really thinking hard about what data and analytics can do for them strategically. They're still continuing to think about data and analytics as something that IT does in some back room in the basement. And if it isn't front and center, you're not going to get the benefits of those millions of dollars of investment into technology that can extract data. So what things do leaders of organizations need to consider to reorganize or restructure for data analytics to go through the organization in, in this thorough way that you talk about? You know, one of the problems we face is that people don't know what they don't know. And I think that's, that's the problem faced by a lot of, uh, a lot of leaders in organizations today. Uh, I'm, I'm absolutely stunned by some leaders who are so, um, who have spent so much time learning about analytics and what data can do for their organizations. And, and you know, it's an amazing experience to speak with these leaders and you can see that in the impact that analytics is having on those organizations. I'm equally stunned at people who are CEOs of fairly large ASX 200 companies, ASX 50 companies that actually um, have, have hardly any clue. And they're talking like people used to talk about data and analytics in the 90s and, and you know, the world has moved on. For leaders in organizations that, uh, that are not there, you know, and, and if, if in fact you're a leader who feels that, uh, that you, need, uh, you need to upskill, you need to actually learn more about data and analytics, there's lots of books out there that you can pick up. You know, any, any airport bookshop these days will have uh, a number of books on, on analytics and data and, and start reading those books. And, and of course, you can go and, and educate yourselves as well in, in a variety of different ways. But what I've actually started discovering is that, is that some of these uh, business leaders understand the need and appreciate the need for having the right kind of talent within their organization. And are actually listening to those people a lot more than, uh, than they would have done otherwise. And I think it's that ability to, to listen to what these uh, young people have to say and then translating that into strategic insights that really is, is quite remarkable about some of these leaders. So even though they're not, they're not that you know, knowledgeable about 
data and analytics, what they are incredibly knowledgeable about and what they, what they have a sense of is how data and analytics could be used by the organization. And they're willing to be shaped in their thinking by the capabilities of, of the young people that they've actually recruited into their companies. What talent are they looking for? And what are they looking for in that talent when they go out into the market? It's, it's really about what should they be looking for. Um, they, um, they're being guided, obviously, in terms of what they are looking for, they're being guided by what people tell them uh, is, is, is a good data analytics person. Data analytics people come in, uh, in a few different flavors. And one flavor that's, that's very popular out there right now is people who, who have uh, incredible math skills and, and they can do some really cool um, modeling and, and they can predict really well. They can tell you what consumers are going to do uh, tomorrow and day after and, and, and things like that. There's another flavor that in fact is far more valuable in my view, is people who have all those skills, but on top of that, they have very strong conceptual skills. They, they are able to structure problems in very unique ways, as opposed to saying, I have a, a set of data, let me apply some models to it. That's all, sort of almost like saying, I have a hammer, I'm looking for nails. That's not really the most valuable kind of person. The most valuable kind of person is, is, is one who says, what is the business problem? And let me try to conceptually understand how we could go about solving this, but also let me try to understand the context within which the data get created. And a great example of this is really, you know, if you ask somebody, for example, you want to try to optimize prices within your firm, many companies are actually uh, you know, dependent greatly on setting the right prices for their products. Uh, one very easy way to do this is to is to essentially say, well, I've got uh, I've got a bunch of data on on prices, and I've got a bunch of data on how much of my product was sold on a weekly basis, daily basis, monthly basis, whatever it is, right? And so you've got you've got a bunch of data. You apply some models, and you essentially say that. Uh, the uh, you know a percentage change in price leads to a percentage change in demand. So I know what that impact is. I can then go about knowing my marginal costs. I can go about you know optimizing my prices. The uh, it, the normal way to do this is is to use what are called regression models, and people you, people do this sort of stuff all the time. And was, in fact, uh, in a conversation just yesterday with somebody, and I was trying to ask them how they do pricing because. He was telling me about how you know they've been doing pricing, and this is exactly how they do pricing. And it turns out that that is profoundly uh, problematic. And in fact, many firms do this. Many management consulting firms actually do this for their clients as well. And it's, and it's profoundly wrong because what managers need to understand is that is that those prices are not coming from the sky. The prices are being set by managers knowing what the demand would be. So a great example of this is if you know that a product is going to sell a lot on Australia Day, then your natural reaction is to actually set higher prices because there is a lot of demand. It's not as if by setting higher prices, people are going to go away because they really want the product. So if there's going to be a lot of demand for that product, the prices are going to be set high. So what that actually means is that the managers are taking into account what the demand will be to set prices. 
So it's not as if demand is being driven purely by prices. Turns out that prices are also being driven by demand expectations. And so as a result of this, the conclusions that you would get to from a very simple analysis could be profoundly wrong. You could be making decisions about prices and thinking that you're optimizing prices when in fact you have left a huge amount of money on the table. So the, the lesson to be learned from this simple example is that if your data analytics talent, if your managers are not thinking about where the data are coming from, why are the prices the way they are, what's the process by which prices are set, what's the process by which demand is generated, if they're not thinking hard about those things, and they're spending most of their time trying to say, how can I build a model that predicts demand better? Then in fact, uh, that's the kind of talent you want to stay away from. So thinking back to 2013, when you were uh, conceptualizing the uh, Center for Business Analytics, I'm assuming you're taking on board this idea that we need the more conceptually driven uh, data analytics person or business analytics person. And that whilst this is a rare talent, you took that up as a challenge to say, how can we design a program? How might we create this person and this range of talent for organisations to draw upon? What did you take into account as you were thinking about your program and looking out to what other programs are available? How did you go about that process? That's a great question and, and something that I can talk about forever. Um, the, the, the way in which we designed our program was to actually seek advice from uh, the corporate world where we were trying to understand, you know, what is it that they're looking for from, um, from data analytics talent? And what we heard uh, very nicely summarized actually by uh, one of the uh, founding uh, advisory board members of the center, Nigel Andrade, who happens to be the managing director of AT Kearney in Australia, New Zealand uh, at this stage, and he made the comment that what, what we're really looking for is trilinguists, people who can speak the languages of technology, maths, and business. And that's a rare breed. It's very difficult to find people who can speak all three languages. And it's in the, it's in the business component that you really have somebody who's spending enough time thinking hard about where the data are coming from. What's the context within which the data are being generated? It's the statistical and mathematical component where they, they, they learn how to model the data. And in the technology component, they learn how to, in fact, extract the data and structure it. So in fact, all three skills are absolutely essential. And so that's how we started designing the program. And that's one of the reasons why we actually went into a collaboration with our computer science colleagues at the University of Melbourne. So when um, people are considering this career course for themselves, what questions might they ask of themselves in order to know that they have this range of capability and therefore um, would succeed, could take part in a program like you've created and then go on to have a, a presumably a wonderful career? It's a very good question, a question that in fact uh, young people should be asking of themselves. I think the first question they have to ask themselves is, what, is, what impact do I want to have on the organization that I work with? And, and by that I mean, are you interested in being in the back room, uh, working with data with, with, a, with a set of hammers that, that you have, or are you actually interested in shaping the strategy of a company? 
If you're interested in shaping the strategy of the company, then you should be seeking programs that actually help you get there, help you uh, work with companies during your program as well, as opposed to programs where uh, all you are getting is technical skills. So you should be actually asking programs how much of soft skills are delivered by those programs. Because if, if the soft skills are not delivered by the programs, then um, you won't have the capabilities of going within these firms and working within teams and understanding how to influence people within the organization. And that's absolutely critical. I don't want to downplay the importance of technical skills. What, I, what I'm trying to say here is that there are two types of programs out there. There are, tech, there are programs that are very focused on technical skills with hardly any soft skills. And then there are programs that are focused on technical skills as well as soft skills. And that's, that's the type of program you should be going for. Ujwal, tell us about the current state. Are data analysts able to take up strategic roles in organizations? There are some organizations that are far more advanced uh, in this journey. And, and in fact, uh, the folks that do work with data do have a seat at the table. You know, to be, to be very fair, you can't have a seat at the table just because you have data science skills. Mm. You can only get a seat at the table if you can think strategically for the organization and think strategically about how data science can help the company achieve its goals. And in fact, in, in some instances, shape its goals. So can you give us some examples of um, organizations that you're, you would be uh, aware of and have knowledge of that this is really playing out well? We touched on that before in terms of um, we know that they perform better. Do you have one that you could share with us as an example of this working in this way? Yeah, so there's, there's one organization that, that obviously comes to mind right away when, when you think about uh, a company being able to extract and use data in, in a very strategic way, and, and that's Amazon, and it's dominating the world right now. And, and underpinning that domination is their ability to use and, and leverage technology and data. Um, many people might not be aware that, that in fact, um, uh, Amazon recruits uh, dozens of PhDs in economics every year. And you sort of say, why, why are they recruiting PhDs in economics? Uh, well, one of the reasons that they're doing that is because of the sorts of things I was talking about initially, which is if you're not able to understand the context within which the data have come about, then you're potentially going to be providing misleading advice to, uh, to the organization. And economists are great in terms of understanding the context within which the data are generated. So Amazon does really well on that front. But Amazon also understands that more modern uh, methods such as machine learning and deep learning and artificial intelligence methods are critical for their organization's future. And so they invest in that as well. I think so it's a great example of an organization being able to blend technology, maths, and business to be successful. So have you any final thoughts to share with people around starting out in terms of whether they're a leader in business, thinking about data business analytics, um, or a young person who's thinking about this as a career path? Have you some final thoughts to share with us for them? If you're a business leader, you know, one of the things you have to be able to do is to recruit the right people in the organization. Uh, but I will add something more to it, and, and my, my colleague uh, Mark Alexander says this really well, 
which is that uh, don't don't recruit these people and and not actually leverage their skills because they will leave the organization very quickly. In fact, that's what we are finding out from many of our graduates, which is they're going out into the marketplace and getting bored and leaving the organizations that employ them to go find other organizations that use their skills uh, well. For young people going into a career, try to find programs, try to find uh, organizations that actually um, help you understand the context of the business. Once again, definitely look for programs that have the appropriate amount of technical skills delivered in, the, in those programs. But on top of that, try to find programs that actually help you build your soft skills, build your ability to understand the context of the business. Ushwell, thank you for sharing your insights with us today. For more information, please go to mbs.edu.